I want to uh, mention two things before we start. The first is that, um, kids, this is especially for you. I want you to participate in the service. You can do that by taking notes and singing and eventually maybe reading scripture for us. But playing drums is perfectly awesome. That was the best drum playing I've heard yet at City of Hope. A plus. Um, One thing that we did for our kids is we would bring, you know, a, a little bag of stuff and we would ask them to take notes and draw pictures of the sermon and we would do the same thing and then after church we would get together and compare our pictures see what each of us learned just a tip and then also i was talking to a a new friend who has recently started preaching and um, he had an interesting idea it's a little radical so i've tried to take it and and put my spin on it but but in his sermon about halfway through, he would pause and say, if you don't like this, I've got snacks for you. And he would go to his car and bring out a cooler of snacks. Now, I suggested that might be somewhat disruptive. So, uh, taking his word for it, I have brought for you, as a preemptive strike, fruit snacks to pass around so here you go. Start. I'm just going to say you're not going to like everything about the sermon. I'm probably going to guess that. So start passing these around. Make sure everyone gets one. And then hopefully there's a lot of crinkling. And, and, and we'll see how it works. I want to give especially one right here. That's for you. If you don't like it, you know. <clears throat> okay. Now we are doing Fruit of the Spirit. Hence, fruit snacks, it all makes sense, right? I'm not even going to like my own sermon, so here you go. We're talking about the fruit of the Spirit. We spent like five weeks getting ready. Now we're going through them. We're at kindness. Our overarching theme is how, although it's good to practice these character qualities and... and uh, you know, mind our manners in some sense. These are supernatural fruit of the Holy Spirit that come out in us. I mentioned last week that, you know, my daughter, pastor's kid, of course, would get at me and say, you're not even acting patient. Let's at least start with acting patient before you actually are patient. So acting patient, acting kind is not the same thing as kindness coming out of you in a fruit of the Spirit, Holy Spirit way. And so we, we're talking about kindness that connected to serving and volunteering. Betty Love in England, she served in a hospital for a long time, you know, for free, volunteered. And the, the news sort of found her when she w- was 96, serving. She volunteered until she was 106. And they asked her why. And, you know, she said, well, it makes her feel better. It, it helps her well-being. And science would tell you that. When you are kind and you volunteer, it lowers your mortality rate by 24%, which is the same thing. Hey, Simon, just leave those in the back so people can get more. I don't, they don't need to be here. Thank you. 
That's the same as eating six servings a day of fruits and vegetables. It lowers your blood sugar. It lowers your inflammation for heart disease. And so donating time and money and passion and blood helps you and the world. So we need this kindness, especially now, right? In these last few years, I don't know if it's worse or not. Who knows? But it feels worse on the right or on the left of whatever position you're talking about, not just politics, with the violence that we're seeing and the, and the evil that we're seeing and the labeling. A couple years ago, Ellen DeGeneres was seen with George Bush. I think they were at a football game and they got filmed and people freaked out. And they were upset with her because she was being kind to a powerful person who was her friend. You know, normally, we try to be kind to powerful people. But they were sort of suggesting, or not even sort of directly suggesting, that that type of friendship or kindness was immoral. And when you start thinking that way, life is about power. You eliminate love, joy, peace, patience, creativity, compassion, generosity, and the world is Lord of the flies and call the wild. Survival of the fittest. And any act of kindness you show is sort of like survivor or big brother kindness, where you're going to use kindness against someone to get what you want because you want power and you want to win. There are powers. We all have powers. Agency, ability, superpowers. And those are so often misused, abused. We use them to hurt or get hurt by them. But God is powerful. And He uses His power for good. And we are in His image. And so a powerful God, we talked about this last week, and it's really in this uh, Psalm 145, is just and sovereign omnipotent, omniscient, and forgiving, abounding in love, gracious, merciful, compassionate. And those words are all around kindness. Kindness, mercy. Kindness, loving kindness. Kindness, compassion. It, as His image bearers, we have a limited power and we also should be gracious and merciful and kind and use our power for good. Now, the truth is that we're all kind to some people. You've got to think about who am I kind to? Who am I patient with? What type of people am I long-suffering for? Who deserves that from me? 
So our text, Titus, interesting, it says, remind them to be submissive to rulers and authorities, to be obedient, to be ready for every good work, to speak evil of no one, to avoid quarreling, to be gentle and to show perfect courtesy toward all people. Last week I preached about patience, and I, I mentioned that one of the things as we go through the for the Spirit is we're not going to do it perfectly. We're not going to be it perfectly. Well, I wanted to update you. I was not very patient this week. I'm going to try to be more patient now, right? I need the Holy Spirit to do it. But what about kindness? Submissive to rulers and authorities. Ah. I was just showing Ronnie, this came up, I was going to talk about this, and it came up on my uh, feed this week, that um, there have been times when I have attended rallies or marches, Black Lives Matter marches, or there was a, the, a big George Floyd march in, in Oklahoma City, and I would wear my collar for, as a, just a way to signify Someone's around here who's not the police, who has some sort of weird authority, whoever knows what that is, but I was there for peace, to, to walk around reminding people that we are not violent seekers. There's one picture where I was standing next to a, a, a Russian Orthodox priest, and it was gathering, and the, and the march hadn't started, and they were thousand people and there was you know another thousands of people nearby and there was a man behind us who had a megaphone and a big huge poster that he put up and he was holding and he was screaming the vilest things you've ever heard absolutely despicable things to the people mostly to the black people and what he wanted was to be attacked so he could get on the news and say see this is what happens And so this other pastor and I were standing in front of him to keep people away from him, to protect him from getting demolished. And that meant we had to listen exactly to what he was saying. Oh, I wanted to destroy him. So, you know, kindness... Is interesting. We're not called to curse what God has called good. We do call what God has said evil, evil. Now, the church has not done great at this. Let's at least admit it's for sure a mixed bag. But the 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 bottom part of this, or the, the like, Jesus part of this, is that people matter. Orphans and widows, poor, the vulnerable, the lonely, forsaken, homeless, the whatever. 
That's who Jesus was so kind to, wasn't he? And we are so often so arrogant or dismissive because we think or position ourselves to be better, smarter, funnier, prettier, more athletic, better father or mother. We have better taste in clothes, music, churches. We have a better worth ethic than others. PD and I are on this uh, Facebook page, or maybe he's not. And just even this last week, someone posted a, a checklist that they want you, a normal non-pastor, to take with you when you visit other churches to make sure it's a really good church. And so there are all these things you're supposed to look at. This, this person suggested this is a great idea. And, you know, it's, did they read from the Scriptures? I hope so. Uh, were men only in front? That was one. Checking the sermon to make sure all these things happen. And then they asked, <clears throat> what do you think? Well, you know, i got to tell you, I think it's terrible. i do that anyway. <laughs> I don't need a checklist. But I, I said in, in the comment, I said, how about were the people kind? And was I kind to them? Were the people friendly? Was I friendly to them? Do I sense any sort of graciousness in my heart or in their heart? Was anyone generous to me or to others? And then lastly, how quickly am I going to take this list and make sure I post it so everyone knows what I... Now, of course, the irony is I'm not being kind to that list, right? You know, so I don't know. That's what we do, though, don't we? I know better. So I will dismiss someone else's troubles, trials, transformation. So kindness isn't the same as politeness. Where you're thinking something, but you don't say it, which is good. The song that I like, I'll post on Wednesday, it's by David Wilcox. I don't think I've mentioned David Wilcox yet. And I haven't mentioned the country song in quite a few weeks, by the way. Uh, It's called Rule Number One. This woman, I think had been married before, and she got into the dating world again, and she's like, I'm just completely bewildered. And he said, well, there should be a song for that. So he wrote a song, Rule Number One in Dating. And it really goes like, you're, you're on this date, and it's so wonderful, and you have like stars in your eyes and everything. And when the check comes, you, the guy doesn't like something and is rude to the waitress. And your heart, you feel it. Like you feel like a little bit like crushed a little. Rule number one, run. That's not worth it. Kindness is an essential quality that you're looking for. When and how to speak up. I'm not saying never speak up. Like I said, it's not politeness. 
Kindness is also courageous. Kindness is not swallowing your voice. Kindness is entering the fray, like sitting at lunch counters, right? Like Rosa Parks, like Harriet Tubman. John Lewis says kindness is good trouble. It doesn't mean not getting in trouble. Kindness are deeds done in love, not to get, but to give. And just like all of these for the Spirit, it takes critical thinking. It comes out of you out of the Holy Spirit, and you have to think. It takes wisdom. All of these for the Spirit take wisdom. Kindness invites, calls people to a greater reflection of the image of God. It's so much easier, isn't it, to dismiss, write off, shame. Paul tells us that love doesn't keep a record of wrongs. You know, I think love also doesn't keep a record of all the rights. Hey, look, I did this, 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 I did this. Look at all these rights I did. doesn't keep a record of those either. Kindness maybe doesn't always zero in on the flaw as the very first thing you notice or talk about. It believes the best in others. It seeks to understand others, other people's positions, especially ones you disagree with. It actually seeks to present their positions in the best light, to take the other side seriously. This happens every once in a while. I have these uh, students that grow up, and one of them... I think it was probably around one of these elections, wanted me to email her mom, who I've never met. Okay, weird request. Why? Because I want you to set her straight. She needs to hear from you, from a pastor, because she's doing all these wrong things or thinking all these wrong things. She has all these wrong positions. So email her, please. Nah, that's not going to work, is it? Not real persuasive. Positions take relationships and time and and wisdom, especially on important, volatile topics. So that's why Paul's calling us to this supernatural kindness even in our causes, with our time and our money, in our coffee meetings, in our friendships, So kindness shares life, the gospel, time, money. Kindness forgives, looks over offenses, reconciles with things. It's over and over. God calls us to this. Because we've been raised with Christ, we seek the things that are above. We set our minds on the things who are above. Because we were brought in who were fools. We can forgive others. Kindness serves, doesn't it? Like Betty 
Kind of serves in the church. Kind of serves in the world, outside the church, in, in this block, in this township, in this county. It, it serves people who don't look like you or, or go where you go or, or shop like you or eat like you or, or work out like you. So that means kindness has some realm of hospitality to it. I think kindness also is willing to be misunderstood. Now that's a rough one for a lot of us. Are you willing to be misunderstood? My, my favorite best example of this was in um, this friend. He worked for the Navigator. So this, he lived in Nebraska. <clears throat> worked for the Navigators, and he had a friend who was Kenyan or Ugandan, I'm not sure, African, African worked for the Navigators, and he flew to Nebraska to my friend's hometown, Lincoln, and my friend met him at the airport, and he, and he knew this was going to happen because my friend Okori, in his culture, friends hold hands. It doesn't matter what gender you are. So men hold hands with men. And they're so happy to see each other. It's not just a hug, but so, they're, so they hug. He gets off the, air, off the flight, hug, walk through the airport, holding hands. And uh, so on the one hand, my friend is mortified. On the other hand, he's like, I cannot tell my friend not to do this because I'm embarrassed. I have to be willing to misunderstood. Not only that, they, so they go, they check into the hotel, they decide to have some drinks, they ended up getting the hot tub, so now they're holding hands in the hot tub. <laughs> Could you do it? That takes the Holy Spirit, I think. Willing to be misunderstood. But how about this? <clears throat> Love or kindness shares and it honors are we kind? Are we known for being a kind church, kind people? So easy, almost like that checklist. And of course, you know, I'm as theological as anybody, I promise you. But to be known for our theology, to be known for how quickly you can rattle off the catechism, which I love. It's not a fruit of the Spirit. It's not supernatural to know the catechism. You can actually memorize it. Why was God so kind to us? Because we're so smart or faithful or kind. No, our text tells us, right? We ourselves were foolish, disobedient, led astray, slaves to various passions and pleasures, passing our days in malice and envy. I bet you don't think that was the way you were before you were a Christian. I'm, I bet you you don't think that about yourself. Nobody thinks they're full of malice and envy. They think they're right. 
but we were filled with malice and envy, hated by others and hating one another. But when the goodness and loving kindness of God our Savior appeared, he saved us, not because of works done by us in righteousness, but by his own mercy, the washing of regeneration and renewal by the Holy Spirit, which he poured on us richly through Jesus Christ our Savior, so that being justified by his grace, we might become heirs according to the hope of eternal life. Wow! Amen? You can't hear better news than that unless you think you don't need it. If that just washes over you, it's just so lost on people, right? How foolish we've been, especially if you've grown up in the church, honestly. If you've grown up in a a good Christian home, this, this can sound a little crazy. You don't think of yourself this way. So if you've been so foolish, can you relate to fools? One of the worst things I think you can say is, I would never do that. I'd almost, when that comes out of your mouth, you should at least remember that I said you should notice that. If you say out loud, but even if you think, I would never do that, oh, friend. You don't know what you would do. To to put this in another way, it's way less serious. You, You guys are old enough. You remember when your parents were your age? I remember when my dad was 40, and so I must have been 15. (laughs) <laughs> you know, like, I, you sort of think you know what's going on. And then you turn 40, like, oh, my goodness. And then I, I remember when my dad turned 50, and I, now I'm 50. It's so weird. I feel like I have a lot more compassion on him now, right? He got a lot less dumb. But so we see things differently as we go along and as we move in our relationships. So somehow, as we do that, what, what I think Paul is teaching us or, yeah, is, is that <clears throat> there's a quick change when you become a Christian where you see things differently and you understand this, and then you grow in sanctification. You progress in sanctification. So you understand more and more how crazy you were. How, how, how less of a good person you were. It's not like you're becoming a worse person, but you have a totally different perspective. As you go on, as you get older and you, and you move in your faith, you see how actually kind God was to you. And then that comes out. Should. In patience, in love, in kindness, in forgiveness. Because our salvation is not by our own, own righteous works, not even by our own decisions, not by our merit, not by our theology, not by our family, not by our wealth, not by our success. It's loving kindness, compassion, grace. And the beauty of this 
is God acted. He, he didn't just like assess. He came into this world. It's the opposite of passive politeness, isn't it? It's a movement. Showing up. Being flesh. So powerful to enter into the suffering to save. And what's that word save? To rescue. To rescue. That's mercy. That's washing us, cleansing us, residing with us, restoring us, taking our debts, justifying us. That is grace, is it not? Where He would bear our foolishness, our disobedience, our malice, our envy, our cruelty, all the wrongs that we have done. He, he takes all that in His patient, compassionate, loving kindness. That is good news for us today, friends. We serve and love and are in the family with a God like that. There are no other gods like that. These stories were a little bit common during the pandemic. There's a woman named Christine Scheel who was a musician and um, her mom was in a nursing home. She had dementia. And, and so Christine really hadn't been doing this, but everyone had time on their hands, right? So she would come outside the window with her piano and of course the people on the inside couldn't even hear it but somehow they made this work and she would play for an hour each week outside in the cold and in the hot. And the people inside loved it. Now they also knew, you know, this was her mom and her, her mom was in there and it was her daughter. <clears throat> and they, they had so much joy. And so the, the woman, the, the director of the nursing home, asked her if she could start paying her because she's a musician. It's like, are you kidding me? No way. I would pay to do this. There are so many examples of like that, of kindness, right? Where you get transformed by helping others. Now, that's not why you do it. So even though it's helpful to you, and even though it's scientific, I've told you, it's also supernatural by the Holy Spirit. The Lord is righteous in all His ways and kind in all His works. The Lord is near to all who call on Him, to all who call on Him in truth. God saved us for His kindness. Call out to Him today. He is kind and near to all who call on Him. It doesn't just mean once. It could be a hundred times today. Jesus, I need You. Be kind to me. Thank You for Your mercy and Your graciousness. Compassion. It's never ending. Amen.